Welcome to the Bethel Surridge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We hope this message provides clarity, deeper insights, and transformation for your life. We hope you enjoy the message. to a new series which is all about and it says behind me and it will say online is activate activate and how many have ever seen it's a little bit past for Hannah it'll be a little bit past for you or some of our high school students on TikTok some of you don't even know what TikTok is but on TikTok there was a craze that went on last year and a little bit into this year and it was about this lady who had been on it was on Celebrity Family Feud and Steve Harvey was about to do it, and they come out, and if you've ever watched Family Feud, the two teams compete, they answer questions, and then you do two final ones for, two final ones to see who's going to win all the money, uh, the big grand prize. This first lady goes and just kills it. There's only like 16 points left, and this other lady comes out, and Steve Harvey says, okay, are you ready to go? And she says, whoa, whoa, wait. And then she starts to say, Holy Spirit, activate, and Holy Spirit, and have you ever seen that? And, and, and it was any situation, and he's just like, whoa, what's going on here? And then as she goes to do it again, then it becomes another moment where she's like, he jokes, and he says, you're about to write the test. Holy Spirit, activate, and it's like, you're about to go to the grocery store, and somebody cuts in front of you. Holy Spirit, activate, and she gets all excited, and we saw that, and people made spoofs of it, remixes, etc. on there, but how many have ever been in a moment where you're like, please, Jesus, I need your help? And you're kind of like, maybe you're on a test and you didn't know, and hopefully you studied before. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that journey. But there are some truths about that journey. There are some truths that in our lives, if we are truly going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to truly be the hands and feet and live in a missional way, which means that we would care for our community, we would care for those who are hurting, those who are broken, and that we would be his witnesses to the world around us, we do need the Holy Spirit to activate in our lives. We can do it in our own strength. We might not have to do a little shimmy and shake and clap every time. Okay, otherwise I think the people think you're weird. It's okay. But in those moments, we do need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so for over the next month or so, we're going to talk about the person, the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. We know that there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? How does this play into my life and how does this make sense? Is, is this something that I should be a little bit fearful of? Something that should maybe leave me feeling uneasy? And then we're going to talk about how his role in our lives should help us to live a, a better life, a live a life that looks more like Jesus, how we lived on this earth. So that's the journey that we're going to go on this, on this month. But for this morning, we start with a question, the question that I would like to pose to you and one that I think I know the answer. How many in this building like to wait? Uh, Lilium, Lilium, uh, it's true, uh, maybe. So we had one, we had one online, you can let us know, but if we're honest, and you guys are a lot more honest in our first service, okay, our nine o'clock, everybody's like, I like to wait, and I'm like, I think you're full of it. But if you think about it, in our culture today, and I can speak for myself, I don't really like to wait. I can order at the fast food place, I can be at Mickey D's, and I'm ready. By the time I come around the corner, and I've ordered a McChicken sandwich or something else, I'm kind of like, why am I waiting? Like, you don't have a meal for me? And if you really think for a second, if you think for a second, that's pretty scary that they can cook chicken from there to there. <laughs> you know, if I went to somebody's house, and all of a sudden that chicken's cooked, I'm kind of like, no, that's great, I think I'm a vegetarian now. 
Because two minutes for a chicken, you get a little nervous. But in those moments, we do, we get sort of annoyed, like, why do I have to wait? And if we're honest, waiting brings up different emotions in all of us. If somebody said, you know what, I'm bringing you a new boat and a truck, I'm okay to wait. I want to know when, but I'm a little bit excited. Inside of me, there's this new passion. I'm like, yes, I'm going fishing soon. I'm ready to get out in the boat. A new truck's coming. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. There's an excitement. There's this passion that wells up inside of me. But maybe if you were not as good of a behaving child like myself, and eventually sometime in your past, your mom might have said, you wait until your dad gets home. Ever heard that before? There's a different kind of feeling. It wasn't a feeling of like, yes, the new truck's coming. It was like, and dad was nice, but it's still like, I'm in trouble. And there was this apprehensive, this uneasiness that may be about the saying, I'm probably in over my head. And we're going to go on a bit of a journey because I believe that a lot of us have a hard time waiting and have a hard time, and we have that same kind of uneasy feeling when we talk about the topic of the Holy Spirit. Because in most churches and most places, it's a topic that actually brings about sort of that uneasy feeling. We understand what a father should look like, a good father. Some might not have had a good situation, but we've seen it, or we've seen somebody else, and we understand God the Father. We understand Jesus the Son, about dying on the cross, resurrection. We even have t-shirts, Jesus is my homeboy. Okay, people at least understand that he is our, our friend, that he is, he is our king, he is our risen savior. But when we start to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, everybody gets a little bit like, oh, okay, what are we talking about here? Think about it. How many denominations, how many fellowships, and most things, one of the distinctives that separates all those differences is the person of the Holy Spirit. Has it stopped? Is it still going? Is it crazy? Is it not? How does he work in my life? I can't see him. I don't understand him. And most of us, when we don't understand something, we get a little bit apprehensive of it. So this morning, I want to go on a journey and sort of finish up where we were last week in that same sort of text. When Jesus had just shown up, he just resurrected, he's back, he's hanging out with the disciples, he's hanging out with this crew, and he leaves them this command. And we see it not only in the Gospels, but we see it in Acts 1, and that's where I'd love for you to turn with me if you're in your Bibles. We're going to be looking there in John as well. Acts 1, verse 4 to 5, it'll be behind me in verse 8. It says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until, or an easy way of saying it, wait Wait until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jumping to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. It's a purpose statement. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you get this message. He's been hanging out with Jesus. You know, they've been hanging out with Jesus. Jesus says, like we read in Luke and we read in John last week, he says, I'm here. Even doubting Thomas realized, hey, that's who he is. He's got the holes in his hands. He's got that on his sides. We understand this is what it is. And Jesus says, I'm here right now, but I'm leaving. And I'm like, I bet you they're sitting there thinking, like, seriously, you just got back. You just got off vacation and you're going again. And so he's ready to go. And in this moment, Jesus says, I'm about to leave, but you need to wait here. Do you think it was an easy wait? I don't think so. You just got your best friend, your teacher, your mentor. He just came back. He just raised from the dead. And you're like, I got so many questions. I got so many things I'm wondering. And now the first thing he almost tells you is I'm leaving. And then you literally watch him, you know, beam me up, Scotty, and leave. 
I think there's some apprehension in their head saying, like, what am I waiting for? I don't think instantly they went back to the teachings that we realized that John had already said in John 14. I think they're kind of like, what am I waiting for? I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to be here. He said it's good, but what? how, what? I don't always like having lots of questions. They had a lot of questions. They hadn't been at the end of the story. They didn't have a written book. They were living it just like we're living the end of the book. We're on that journey. They didn't know how everything was going to play out. Kind of like many of us in our lives, we don't know how things are always going to play out. But we still have to go. We still have to wait. We still have to live. And this is what we hear when all of a sudden I think they looked back and one of them probably remembered. And we see John wrote this in John 14. This is before that ever happened. And it said in John 14, verse 16, Jesus said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. If you're taking notes or you want to underline it or if you just want to write in somebody else's Bible or on their phone, literally underline that part. He will give you another advocate, which means helper, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives where? With you now. And later he's going to be in you. He's with you. Jumping a little bit later into that same chapter. It says, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So Jesus is even reminding them way before this even became and began to happen, and he's saying, you're going to have some times where you're a little bit troubled, you're a little bit afraid, and he's saying, don't freak out. Don't panic. I have got a helper. I've got another helper that's going to be my representative here. I'm leaving. As you're going to see throughout this text, every time that Jesus talked to the disciples of the Holy Spirit, it was tied to him leaving. How many have ever lost somebody that was like a mentor or a friend or a teacher? It's hard, isn't it? In our fellowship, in our denomination, one of our main leaders, one of our main pastors, the pastor of the pastors, He passed away, and for some, he was a mentor. He was a close friend. In those moments, you don't have the opportunity to just say, grab and ask those questions. That was the physical person. So Jesus was physical. They could understand. They could touch him. They could ask him. They could grab him. Peter could go, I don't get it, Jesus. I don't get it. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. The one who I'm sending is going to be your helper. Jumps to John 16 as our last text before we look at three fast truths. John 16, verse 7, Jesus has still been talking about different things, and he says this, but in fact, it is best or it's good for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Your helper won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. So you got these disciples. They're kind of confused, perplexed. They're like, This good gift, this promise is coming. You're saying it's going to be really good for me. The Holy Spirit's going to be good for me. But in order to have this gift, I have to lose you. You have to leave. And and I bet you those people are like, trust me, take this. And they didn't totally understand it. You can say, well, I'm sure they understood everything. No. Because Acts 1, 6, middle of those two verses that I read to you at the beginning, they said, so when are you going to kind of overthrow the Roman rule of the era right now? Because they weren't thinking big picture. They were thinking right now they were oppressed by the Romans of the day. They're thinking, when is your kingdom going to come and you're going to get rid of all of this? And he goes and he says, you're going to have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. You're going to be my witnesses. That's your purpose statement. And he says, that's what I'm calling you to do. 
But this morning I want to look at that because if we know we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to really activate to the fullness of who he's called us to be, I think we've got to look at a few truths, and the first being this. There's no reason to fear. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we need to remember the truth. It says, don't be troubled or afraid. When you can't understand something, do you get a little uneasy? Or is it just me? I like to understand things. I'm a planner. So when I'm trying to figure it all out, when I was ready to have kids, we have three kids, you know, all the way from 13, I'm just figuring out teenagers. And it's, and it's a girl. It's a girl. It's like every time a boy comes, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> one of those moments. I'm trying to figure this all out. But as a planner, we're about to have kids, and I'm like, I, I got this down. I've worked. I've done school about how to train up students and how to be the best, how to do counseling, how to do all this. I've coached so many students in basketball and football. I'm going to understand this. And all of a sudden, I had a child. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? Ever been there? It's in those moments. I'm like, yeah, I'm still there. You know? And it doesn't get better all the time. It's better, but sometimes it's confusing. You don't know how everyone's a little bit different. We want to understand things, and when we don't, we get a little bit nervous. We get a little bit uneasy. And the same happens with the Holy Spirit. Like I said, we can't understand a father. We, we can understand a father. We can understand a son. But how do you understand the Holy Spirit? How do you understand someone you can't see, that you can't touch, that you could sometimes feel, but how do you understand, how do you wrap your head around it? And most times when we get stepped out of our comfort zone or something that we can't understand, and it takes faith, we usually sit there and say, I'm going to put you on the shelf because I don't totally know who you are or what to do with you. And a lot of times in our churches, that's what we do. So we need to understand who he is so that we can better actually allow him to work in and through us because he plays an important role in our lives as Christ followers. But if today you're feeling a little bit uneasy, you're like, oh, i got to skip these next four weeks. I'm back after these ones, but I'm, I'm skipping these weeks. Realize that you're in good company. Because the disciples didn't totally understand what Jesus was saying either. We can't wrap our head around the person of the Holy Spirit. If somebody gets up here and ever tells you that we understand everything about the Holy Spirit, they're full of it. Myself included. Because we don't. In, this, in Isaiah, it says his ways are higher than our ways. He's an infinite God, and we have finite minds. We can't grasp the fullness of who He is because we're, we're natural and He's supernatural. It takes faith to walk, to walk and be a Christ follower. And so in those journeys, the disciples didn't understand when He says, I'm sending you another one. They're like, I don't want another one. I just want you. We see that same sort of philosophy when we saw the, the Pharisees. And what the Pharisees were, they were religious people of the day. They were kind of the grouchy church people. Easy way of putting it. They were like, everything's wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. Mm, you dress a little bit different. No, you can't come in here. You can't do that. Ever been around somebody like that in the church? That's, you know, it's kind of like a Pharisee. Okay, so if somebody saw them and said, you're not wearing a suit, Pastor. You're in like a, you know, a flannel, you know, as what we'd call it, the Muskoka, I won't even say smoker's jacket, but this Muskoka jacket. In those situations, like, Pastor, you're wearing that? Guess what? Probably lining up a little closer to that than they are what Jesus was like. But this is what happened. The Pharisees wanted to know who the father they liked all of his rules but they didn't want to get to know the son what did the pharisees do to the son jesus put him on a cross many of us want to live like jesus but we don't want to get to know the spirit who helps us become like jesus let's let that sink in for a second the pharisees loved the father they could understand the father but they didn't like this person who called himself the messiah they didn't like this one who said i am the son of god living here on earth 
And they're like, no, 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 no. That's, I don't think so. I'm okay with the dad, but I'm not okay that you say that you're the son of God, and we know how that story ends. Then all of a sudden he rises again. He has witnesses. He has those who go and tell the truth, which falls into us, disciples of Jesus, Christ followers. All of a sudden we say, I want to be just like Jesus. Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of Jesus Christ. We want to live. We want to love. We want to interact. We want to show peace in troubled times like COVID. We want to care for those who have hurt us and done us wrong. We want to do all those things, but we can't be like Jesus and live like Jesus and love like Jesus unless we know the Holy Spirit because he's the one who gives us the power and the strength to be like him so we have to realize that there's no reason to fear the one who's going to allow us to know jesus better and to actually look a little bit more like jesus in our families in our communities and around us so it's not someone who we should fear but instead someone we should get to know so the question is could maybe our fear or needing to fully understand everything and comprehend everything and staying in our comfort zones could it be hindering us from actually being active witnesses for him could we be missing just the fullness? It doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean that you can't do good things. It doesn't mean that you can't show Jesus' love. But could you be just sort of missing and not peeking? Could you have just sort of hit there, but you were actually supposed to go a little further? It's like when I used to coach sports. Some would say, I have nothing left, especially when they were working out. I just can't do another rep. But it's quite interesting when somebody else is there saying, yeah, you got it in you. Let's go. All of a sudden, you're like, well, I just hit three more. And then the next time, you just passed a plateau. In those moments, that's the Holy Spirit in our life saying, you can do it. I know there's more in you. You think you've reached the fullness of your potential, but it's not. You've got a little bit more. I'm calling that out, and I'm seeing what you can't see yet and calling that out of your life. So maybe we're not active as witnesses of Jesus Christ to the fullness because we haven't actually let Holy Spirit work in our lives. So let's go to the next part. We hate waiting, so why would Jesus ask us to wait? What are we waiting for? Why wait? Why not just start? If he's leaving and you're supposed to be a witness, why not just go around and start telling people that Jesus is the Son of God? Why not just loving on people and caring for people? Why not do that? Why did he tell them to wait so that they could understand? Because the fact is we need help. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't fully understand or carry out God's mission and purpose for our lives in our own strength. If not, most of us will burn out. Ever try to be good enough? What does that feel like? Well, I, I kept trying to do this. Romans 7, the doo-doo passage, as many would call, which means I know what I should do, I know what I want to do, but I just can't do it. I just keep failing. Many of us feel like that. We feel like we're on this rat race, and what God's saying is you need help. And even takes another step, and we saw in John 14, 16, how Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as, I am sending you another helper. I'm sending you a built-in personal trainer. How many, of, how many of actually like working out? I want to ask the wrong question. How many work out? Like, liking might not be the question. How many have ever gone to the gym and said, like, I'm just not figuring this all out? Imagine if you could have a free, good personal trainer every day of your life. Like a built-in coach. You're like, I'm using this machine, and they're like, no, everybody's going to make fun of you. You're using it backwards. <laughs> makes sense let's do it over here it's that kind of a moment in our lives you have a built-in personal trainer and coach and a guide so let's unpack this a little bit who is these two words another helper we're gonna get some we're gonna go to greek for a little bit okay what do those mean the word another in that passage it can mean two different things in the greek and in the new testament it was a word called alos and and a uh, pardon my i don't have a, i have a canadian less 
not Greek accent, okay? So alos, in alos, it meant two different things, totally, completely different things. One, it would speak of hetero, comes from the root word hetero, where we would get heterosexual, which means of a different kind. The other side of it would speak to the fullness of alos, which meant of the same kind. So you've got of a different kind and of a same kind. And sometimes throughout the New Testament, you would see both of those in play. The way he was using this words to his disciples, what it was really saying is, I'm sending you another of the same kind. So it's a crude analogy, but if you've got apples and oranges, how many have ever said? It's like comparing apples with oranges. That's a different kind. What Jesus was saying to the disciples was, I'm comparing an apple, me, with an apple, Holy Spirit. So when I go, I'm sending you another who is of the same kind. Only better. Only better. Because wouldn't John 16, 7 say that? Why? Because when he comes, he is not held by human limitations. Jesus came as the God-man. Jesus couldn't be here in Sunridge and in Huntsville at the same time. He'd given that up to come as a man so that he could die as a man for us. He was still fully God, but he was fully man. He couldn't just pop around. So if you wanted to ask Jesus a question, you would have to get one of those ticker tapes and just number 5,062. You'd have to wait because Jesus had the limitations of a man. He put it upon himself. But the Holy Spirit came as his representative so that he could dwell and be with you at all times and be the coach with you all along the journey. He could show who Christ was in his fullness and give you the mission. So let's make sure that this makes sense because we got another and what's his job? To be a helper. And the helper in the Greek was parakletos, which meant one who comes alongside. And many scholars would literally say you can't use one word to describe what it meant. So what do we think about the Holy Spirit? We see in Scripture, it calls him a comforter. So when we're going through rough times, how you can get that peace and comfort. We all say on, on Instagram, on different things, what's one of the favorite emojis is, I'm praying for you. The Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the work that's bringing the comfort, that's bringing the peace. He's becoming and acting as the hands. So he's the one who's walking and, and doing that. He's the advocate. He's the helper. He's the guide. He's the teacher. He's the, like you said, the counsel. All of those are packaged into one word, and then let's break those words down. I told you today is more of a teaching than a preaching. We have para, which is a beginning part, and that root word literally means to be close and intimate relationship. So what it's saying is the Holy Spirit, why Jesus is going, is I want to be close to you. I want you to know that you're never alone, that you've always got somebody on your side journeying with you. And the second half of the Kilio part of it is literally saying that I've been called to you and beckoned. It's like somebody calling out and saying, you have a permanent job. Some of us would be like, praise Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, so the God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job and His mission and His purpose statement is to permanently, forever, be close to you and to walk beside you and in your life so that you could actually know Jesus better. He is your built-in coach. He is your built-in helper so that you can carry out the mission that God has for your life. 
Many of us have a purpose and a calling upon our lives. Maybe it's in some is in the Christian sense, but some is maybe it's to call you to start a new business. Maybe it's to step out into a new risk. Maybe you've been hurt so bad in a relationship, but you have this longing to be loved and to love in a healthy way. Guess what? He's walking with you to guide, to empower you, to instruct you so that you're not having to walk on your own. Waiting can be scary. It can be hard. But when Jesus makes a promise, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Because our last thought for today is, it's always good for you. I don't like waiting for something that is bad. But man, when it's good for you, the wait can be worth it. I don't like going to the gym and I'm trying to get back healthy again. I don't like running or exercising. Unless there's a ball. Like really, I, I think I'm a dog. Like if you just run, if you run for no reason, I'm like, that's just boring. But if you throw a ball, I'm like, yes, this is great. It's like ball, ball, ball. It's in those moments. But you think about it. When I have to see there, my wife or somebody else and coaches that I've had before, they're like, it will be good for you. Just wait. I'm like, coach, I don't want to run through the tires anymore. I don't want to have high knees. I don't want to do it. This is pointless. What good is this ever going to do for my life or for my journey? And many times the coach says, it's going to be good for you. Parents, why do we say eat your vegetables? I don't know. Why do I have to eat my spinach? It's good for you. Jesus is literally telling you that the Holy Spirit, active in your life, is good for you. We see that truth in John 16, 7. So what's so good about it? Three quick things. One, you're never alone. If you get nothing out of today, I believe this is for somebody here or online. The Holy Spirit active in our life means you're never alone. Over these last few years, a lot of people have felt alone. There's been a lot of people in our area, there's been a lot of people in different areas around, people across our globe, where they feel alone. So much so that maybe some of them have taken their lives. A lot of that comes down to feeling they're all by themselves. The fact of the matter is, the promise of the Holy Spirit, you're never alone. He's there with you. And if you ask Christ into your life, the promise that we always have is that he'll never forget you, he'll never forsake you, and he'll never leave you on your own. The Holy Spirit actually is the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus said to us. We love to say it, Jesus, he'll never forget me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never leave me on my own. Guess what? He's in heaven right now. So if we don't bring the Holy Spirit into the mix, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's still the God-man. That's where he is. The Holy Spirit is here as the Spirit of Christ doing his work as his representative. So when we figure that out, how does that promise actually play out? How does it become real? It's the fact that Jesus is still waiting and ready to return, but the Holy Spirit is here dwelling in and amongst our midst and in your life to help you, to convict you, to guide you, to bring the saving grace, bring the revelation of who Jesus is and how we're to live right here. That's his role. You're never alone and he's always accessible. You don't have to get a ticker tape to wait for a thousand other people. He is right here. That's why when all of a sudden it feels like all hell is breaking loose in your family and your friends, you can literally pray and believe that he hears you. Because you're never alone. The Holy Spirit is working in. He's the one who convicts you. He's the one who inspires you to do that prayer. He's the one who's leading and guiding and pointing us back to Jesus. Number two, you can know Jesus better. You don't have to put your hands up, but you can if you want. How many in this room would love to be able to understand the Bible better or know Jesus more? 
Sometimes I read them like, Parker, what's going on there? You get to like Revelation, you're like, well, what's going on? Guess how you know Jesus better? The Holy Spirit. Your coach, your guide, your counselor. He's the one who's walking with you. That's his job. That's his role, his function. He's walking alongside with you so that you could know him better. The Great Commission says that we would obey them and teach others to follow Jesus' teachings. We can't understand his teachings. The disciples didn't even get it, and they hung out with Jesus all the time for like three years. You need the Holy Spirit to unpack who he is and unpack the truths of Scripture. We can't do it on our own. Otherwise, that's when we hurt people. When we start doing crazy things and, and things in the name of religion, likely the Holy Spirit's not playing a part of that. Because if it doesn't look like Jesus, who loved people, loved the broken, loved the downtrodden, loved the prisoner, loved the widow, loved the persecuted, then maybe you're hearing the wrong thing. The Holy Spirit's the one who helps us to guide what Jesus does, what he says, and what he desires for us to do so we would live and love the same way. We have a whole bunch of examples. We see in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, how far, how wide is his love or inheritance we have in him? 1 Corinthians 2, we talked about that at our Wednesday study here that's in the building. We talked about there's mysteries for your life and in Scripture that you can't understand without the Holy Spirit unpacking and shining a light on it. It's like all of a sudden it's in the dark and you realize and you open it up and you're like, I've read this 25 times and now you're like, oh, I get it, it's through me. That's what's happening, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Last but not least, we have access needed for the power to go. We're never meant to be, and our whole theme for the year has been in motion. One of the hardest things we found during COVID across the board when I've chatted with people is it feels like we're stuck. And even when it would start, what would happen? It was kind of like getting stuck in the mud. You'd be like, oh, I got some power, we're good, we're good. And then you spin out, and it's like we're going nowhere. God has a purpose and a plan for each and everybody's life, from the youngest to the oldest. It wasn't just to be a bump on a log. He has a good plan for your life, but in order to do it and do it in his strength so you're not always worn out, always feeling like you're rushed, when you walk in his strength, he will be the unction that allows you to function. He is the power, that's what it said in Acts 1.8, that you will receive power to be my witnesses. When we try to do it in our own strength, we get miserable and it seems boring. When we do it in God's strength, he guides and directs and we can actually start to work smarter, not harder. How many have ever had somebody tell you that? Now imagine the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus said, stop working so hard. Start working smarter. I've sent you a helper. Stop trying to shovel all by yourself. It'll go better when somebody else is helping. We love to do that when we're building things, fixing things. If many of you fix a vehicle, it's a lot nicer when somebody else can hold the light and you're not having to hold it in your mouth like this while you're working on something. That's what he's doing, but he's giving you the strength to actually do that. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives if we want to actually activate and begin to walk in missional living. Walk like Jesus walked on this earth. So we've got to stop being scared and remember that it's always worth the wait. If you're okay with me, why don't we just pray? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Today, God, we're sorry for the times where we've been sort of apprehensive and we kind of put the Holy Spirit on the shelf. We know that you are the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're sorry for the times where we've, we've sort of said, I'm good with the Father, I'm good with the Son, but I'm a little bit freaked out about the Spirit. Today, we want to be people and we want to be a church that says, Holy Spirit, I might not be able to understand what you're doing. I might not be able to understand totally how you're working and moving in my life, but I give you permission to do. 
And like an old song would say, we just say, come Holy Spirit, come. Come into our lives, come into our situations, reveal, convict, guide, direct us back to the person of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we know that's your job, is to point people to Jesus and to point us to who he is so that we can live like he lived on this earth. So help us to do that. We know we can't do it in our own strength. We're sorry for the times we've tried. We're sorry for the times that we've just worn ourselves out, spinning our wheels, trying to do it our way. But today as a body, we say we want to do it your way, God. We know that you sent us another helper, and we're going to let you help. We're going to let you lead and guide. So we ask this in your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. So have an amazing week. Next week, we're going to continue and talk a little bit more on a, le- on a deeper level. Sort of this was like flying high. We're going to talk a little bit more about the person of the Holy Spirit. And sort of talking with Josh, we were joking about something. He says, Pastor, you know what? It's almost May the 4th. And May the 4th, I'm not, you know, if somebody's a diehard Star Wars person, they'd be like, may the 4th be with you. And so he said, you know, lightsabers for a meeting? And I said, no, but you gave me a good idea for a sermon. And so next week, you're going to realize that even though it may look like a lightsaber, it's actually not about being a power, but actually being a person. And so we'll realize that the Holy Spirit is actually a divine person, not a lightsaber force. So we'll see you next week. Be blessed and have a great week. Wow, what a great service. Thank you so much for joining with us today. We are so excited to have each and every single one of you with us today. You know, maybe during the worship time or during the sermon that, you know, you felt like there was a stirring going on in your heart or maybe it felt like there was something or someone that like was gripping at your heart. Well, you know what? I believe that that is God. He's trying to get your attention. Now you might be like, what? Why would God be trying to get my attention? Well, I really believe that, you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And not just that, he desires to have a relationship with you. Now you might be like, what? What do you mean? Who? God wants to have a relationship with me? Yes, yes, he does. And you know what's really exciting? It's actually really simple. It's as easy as A, B, C. First, we need to admit that we're a sinner. We need a savior. You know, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When we admit that we're a sinner, that God has made the way for us to go to heaven. How did he make the way? Well, he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they're gonna have eternal life. So when we believe that Jesus came, he died and he didn't stay dead on the cross or in a tomb. No, he rose back to life. And when we believe that and we can call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. The word of God is true and we can stand on that and believe it. And that's exactly what the word of God says, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So we can stand upon those promises. Now, this might be the first time you've heard this or maybe it's the the hundredth time you've heard this. Well, I really um, feel that, you know what? Why don't you pray with me, okay? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now and we admit that we're a sinner. We need a savior. Lord, we thank you for coming, for living your life and dying for us. We thank you that you're not dead in the tomb, but you rose back to life. You made the way so we can go to heaven to be with you. We thank you for this and we choose, we wanna serve you all the days of our lives. In your precious name, amen. Now, you know, if you've prayed this with me today, What's so exciting is that I believe that you're part of the family of God. 
And here at Bethel Sundridge, we are so excited to celebrate with you. We are so excited to connect with you. We're actually gonna have the information on the bottom of the screen here to connect. We have a connect card. We have resources on our website. We would love to help you walk through the next steps of this journey, this adventure of being a Christian. We are so excited. You have a wonderful day. Be blessed.